Welcome to my legacy, Mr. Ride. Follow Mr. Ride over here. You should be Instagram. And over here, you should be Facebook. This is YouTube. Perspective change. Speaking about perspectives, only the best on this podcast, Comedy Chillat Podcast. So, for the second time in 2020, Keith Mukram. Welcome, man. Hey, nice to see you again, Storm. <laughs> um, well, that's one of us. <laughs> it's not going to be nice to see you next week, Saturday, 1 p.m. My team plays. Oh, yours. okay. Get, get, getting the shots in early. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to be nice to see me at 1 p.m. next week because by 3 p.m. you'll be the losers in an epic at final. Argue with that, so I'm just gonna enjoy it while Arsenal's in a final. <laughs> I enjoy that. I'm just happy we're in a final. If we win, it's a bonus, but um, <laughs> just be in the final. I'm cool. I'm cool. It's like you know, you know, that one of those shows like we do comedy and you just yeah, amazed because you don't belong on the lineup. That oh, was yeah, 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 like, yeah. Just grateful to be there. Like Arsenal's just grateful to be there. Like, just the yeah, fact yeah, we yeah, just. I- it's a little shocking to me as well because I only realized, like, in the week that Frank Lampard is in his first year at Chelsea and he's in an FA Cup final. Same with Arteta, think about and it. And Arteta, like, even better. Arteta is here for, what, two months now? And he's, uh, and he's in the FA Cup yeah. final. Yeah, exactly. So it's anything this season for Arsenal is a bonus. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I appreciate what he's doing and... I quite like what he's doing, actually. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be a bit... He has elements of Wenger in him. Because mm. Arsenal is basically almost in his blood by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially it's the board. FA Cup as well. Yeah. So when the board doesn't back him, as we've seen on his press conferences, he tells everybody. Mm. He needs backing from the board. Yeah, that's where the, the problem lies. Like, I hope he's going to get that backing. Yeah, it's hope so. Um, time will tell. And we've gone off on a tangent quite early. It's easy to so just much talk so. <laughs> Yeah, so much so that I haven't done the intro. Uh, <laughs> you will find this on Anchor FM, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, Spotify, Radio Public. I probably missed one or two things. I don't care right now. Let me know in the comments and tell me, oh, you missed this, you missed that, you missed Twitter, you missed YouTube. Oh, thank you for correcting me. You'll find this on YouTube as well. And maybe a cheeky link on Twitter and Instagram. While you're at it. Join the Discord. You'll find this there as well. And maybe one or two people. Links in the description. So why is Keith back? Much like the reason for Comedy Chillout coming back is we're focusing on the mental side of comedy. So how comedians deal with setback or when just to stop something that worked well for example, a joke. So, Keith, mm. when a joke has served you well for like 
a very long time. When do you decide to change it up? Um, tough one, because I, I I went through the process of not of doing a lot of different jokes in the beginning, very early, and what I noticed is everybody was doing the same jokes every night, asking different jokes, and what happened was. Within two months, I noticed the others were comfortable with their doing little things on stage, pulling faces, trying this, trying that. Where I was just trying to memorize the jokes still because I'm changing it all the time. So, for a year, probably I did more or less the same jokes um, because the advice I was given was do the same joke, don't even worry about the crowd, just hold your stage presence. And that's what I did. And look, as you go along, you learn this joke doesn't work there. So I'll drop this and I'll try this and I'll try that. But for me at the moment, I haven't really dropped any jokes. I've got my tight five and then I've got little jokes. So when somebody says, Keith, you've got 10 or 15 minutes, then I can add this here and there. But I've got my tight five. Like, I know, okay, if you need to go on now, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm still early in the process. So I can't say that I've dropped jokes yet. <laughs> To say, you know, <laughs> um, well, yeah. even so, you still have jokes that worked well for you. As you say, you have a type five, and for everybody listening and watching, type five in our world means five minutes. Uh, and also, so you've got a way to drop jokes. Like, um, there's a joke that I do um, at the comedy club that when I do it, I can feel people. Um, getting a bit uneasy but oh. when i do that same joke at say premium in mitchell's plane people go yeah. crazy for it they love it so you've got to know the crowd and where to do certain jokes and stuff as well and you learn that it's like um it's like art it's like like music um you're not always going to put out a good album you yeah. might have four yeah. good albums but one is going to suck it's the process of just the yeah, process of creating putting it out there and Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And that's it. So when you have a work schedule, when you have a week schedule for your gigs, uh, you like pick and choose which set to do where. And not yeah. like write one set and then use it everywhere in that one week. No, because what I do as well is so I've got a book with every probably sometime in 2018 I started early where I've got every joke I did so every set so I'll write perhaps um, armchair 25th of July or whatever I'll write down what jokes I did and I'll rate them I'll give them like 1 out of 5, 2 out of 5, 3 out of 5 I did and then I look at them why did it only get a 1 out of 5 okay your energy wasn't good enough or Put the wrong word there, try something else. So it was a young demographic, the, the crowd, it was a young crowd, or it was an older crowd, it was oh, a okay. black crowd, white crowd, Indian crowd. I can always go back and look at that. So let's say I'm doing premium tonight, because you know what often happens in comedy is you might, premium might be at seven, and at six, you realize, okay, you're going to get the spot at premium, then go through and I can always open that book and say ah this joke worked at premium the last time that one let me put that in but let me work it around this because you don't always want to be doing the same jokes it's like I mean my family 
myself used to love comedy. And the reason why they stopped sometimes, going sometimes was because they would see the same comic doing the same five or ten minutes all the time for three or four years. So I always try and find a balance. I've got to do my jokes and work the material, but I've also got to put in some new stuff in case somebody's watched me before. <coughs> Excuse me. Was that the proper way to cough, right? <laughs> That's how Cyril told us. You just did a dab on the Comedy Chilla podcast. Well done. <laughs> and, and for then, people uh, listening to this, help over to YouTube. The link is in, in the description. At about eight minutes, see Keith McCrum do a dab. For probably the <laughs> first and only oh. time he'll ever do it in his life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, As so... You're saying? Yeah, so... Like, that's how I do it. I just... thing is, like, I try and find a balance between having new jokes and being able to work material. But also with the lockdown, I've thought about a lot of things and I'm keeping myself time frames. So I've told myself within... Let's just say, for example, Keith, within the next year and a half, you've got to work this material, you've got to do it, whether it's a, a one-man show on a small scale, and retire those jokes and because I think we become comfortable with being funny and we're scared to be vulnerable and put ourselves out there and not, you know, it's like, I know this is going to work. If I try this, I'm not sure. So I'm going to stick with what works. So yeah, I've been in a place of comfort for a bit, I think. Okay. Uh, it's natural to feel comfortable and stick with what is comfortable because... Very rarely does one go out of our comfort zone and find success. Say, for example, if somebody is a story, story, story related comic, does comedy based on yeah storyteller. He's articulate. I'm not. I don't know why I'm hosting a podcast, but everybody that comes on just enables me. So, yeah. It's a no, growing process. Really, don't, don't blame them. Right? It's a growing process. As you do it, you become better and more comfortable. And it's a time also yeah. for all comedians to try out new things. You know, the lockdown. I think everybody's getting to that point where they're accepting now that we're going to have to do new things and we're going to have to help each other and we're going to have to yeah. just bear with each other. Yeah, well, thanks for you becoming for coming on again. And as I was saying, just venturing out just for the sake of it is sometimes not the best idea because a storytelling comedian could try, okay, let's do one-liners for one night. And that could change his or his perspective on one-liners and not go back to it. So... It's a tricky balance. We just have to... Ah, okay. People listening, he just showed his arsenal glass. <laughs> I didn't plan it, I promise. It's <laughs> improv. He does improv. Yeah, so, which improv. leads nicely to the next one. Have you done improv ever? I have. I don't enjoy it. I'm not witty enough to do improv. I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I compare to rap music, like certain people can rap, but they can't freestyle. So it's the same with improv. I'm just not good at it. 
वक्त में I would rather than like I've tried one-liners, yes. Improv is just not. I've, I've done it um, twice, thrice. Yeah, definitely not for me. <laughs> oh, I've seen you do one-liners, and you are pretty good at it. Yeah, but I like telling stories. That's the thing. The thing with me is, even though I enjoyed storytelling, I haven't been given the time, the stage time yet. To tell the stories that I want to tell, so the quickest way to get jokes is to get to the punchline quicker. So what I do is instead of to- storytelling, I, I did a play on. I do like like a play on words. So I do a lot of that because it's quick to get a laugh. So my tight five isn't necessarily what I want to be doing, but it's what's going to get me to a point where I get more stage time. Because without getting a bit of buzz around your name, you're never going to get more stage time. So. Um, it was working a little bit. I think I became a bit disillusioned as well because I felt like I'm selling oh, out. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's and a tough out. word, actually. Yeah, I felt like I was selling out because I wasn't doing what I wanted to. Um, so I was unhappy, and I'm not going to do comedy. I'm not happy. Um, it was a case of just... Yeah, now I understand that there's nothing wrong with it. It's just about doing it till I get more time. Till I become support, until I look, I got. There was a couple of times where people are like, the headliner doesn't pitch, and it's like Keith, you headlining and cool. I can tell stories, and I wouldn't give myself a ten out of ten, but I didn't do too badly. Like I could do better, but so given the time, I'm sure it will change. But I've got to work to get to that time. That's the thing, and that's the thing. Also, like often we get caught up because these things aren't aren't explained to us. Just remember, it's not like work. Like work's got certain. A company's got certain procedures. A company has got HR to tell you this is how things work. Ba ba ba. This is who's in charge. This is who's this. Where with comedy, we haven't got like a union or you must do this or this representative. So it's each person for himself. So it's a bit of a wild west, if I can put it to you that way. So you don't. Sometimes hindsight is a nice thing because you can look back and you can see oh. I was wrong to think that way. This is actually how it works, and and I think that's why there's a lot of drama in comedy as well, just because people don't know things and assume things. And yeah, at times there are quote unquote personality clashes. Yeah, because they are very they are different perspectives all over comedy, yeah. and nine times out of ten, one perspective will clash with another. Yeah, and yeah. from the Drama is created. Yeah. It's not a fun thing to be in. Unfortunately, reality in 2020, and for probably longer than that, it's possible that does happen. I think, um, well, this is me at least. I noticed that I, in my experience, got strong guilty of. judging people, holding yeah, yeah. idea of people based on what other people said. So I would, I would think, okay, Storm is this type of person because so and so said that, but I won't actually listen to Storm, find out from Storm. I just think, okay, I'm not going to interact with you on social media or do this because whatever maybe said uh, you smell weird, or whatever you know, like the smallest <laughs> thing. And then um, because I've seen that with me as well. I've seen how oh, yeah, people yeah. I don't get along with 
the industry there, the people around them. Like, I mean, there's comics that aren't even in from Cape Town that I've never met, whatever. See them like possible snipe, do posts and that thing. And it doesn't bother me. I mean, I don't care. At the end of the day, I've learned comedy is between you and the crowd. It doesn't matter. There's no comic that's going to help you or your platform. Only those that genuinely care and want to see you grow, they'll help you. The others, it's like just nobody owes you nothing in this industry. So yeah this next question this next question is coming from a place where i don't believe this is lockdown anymore because this is probably normal now and lockdown is just a a label we're using how has your mind adjusted to this new comedy world where 90 percent of us are dependent on creating content for social media. Um, that's weird, man, because I think when it comes to content creation, it's sleeping. Like, I understand comics are not the best at marketing and all that, and I'm also guilty of that, but I feel like, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. Oh, no, 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 of course not. Periods, I feel that Schoberg and Durban are doing the thing. They're doing things. Cape Town is not. It's it's a thing of Schoberg. They embracing things a lot quicker than Cape Town does. And also, I think the thing is that um, Cape Town is not pushing our own. Like nobody's having discussions with anybody about oh, let's do this or let's let's get this or yo youngins let's do this or i'm proud of you for trying this instead we're going to sit and we're going to look at each other and still say oh storm is doing this podcast oh no it's the topic is this and the thing is that and everybody has a thing to say but we, we, we're not doing anything we're not helping each other up the the bigger names are still drawing in the crowds that they can but yeah. they're not helping any smaller names that were coming up. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying help me, I just mean it. No, 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 no. Yeah. At the same time, you're not judging anybody because it's new. This whole thing is new to everybody. You look at probably the biggest comic in Cape Town, Rotring, I mean, the show that he had was, the support that he got was phenomenal. And even a person like Mark Rotring, he's still figuring things out. It's new to him. So if it's new to Mark Rotring, imagine where that puts us. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That is why I say, um, I always have time for Mario because regardless of personal issues or whatever I have against him, the guy has put out something on a daily basis and he has got, he might not have Mark watching numbers, but he's got a, a, a group of people that enjoy what he's doing and tune in. So each, each to his own and everybody is going to, but I just, even the guys that I don't like in the industry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect for them for doing the Instagram lives or doing this or doing that. I'm not going to knock them down for it. Even if I think the content sucks at the moment, I'm going to publicly, you know, knock them no, down. No, no, I'm, no. I'm happy for them, actually. Yeah, I yeah. See, even though I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> and to clarify, this wasn't an admission of beef between Mario and Keith. He was using Keith, he was using Mario as an example. So there's no beef. Yes, yes. Okay, I was actually... So... I was, I was, I was on Mario's show on Saturday doing comedy. 
that was so nice. I enjoyed it. You know, like for the first time in lockdown, I did a set and I committed to it. I did it fully. I did it okay. like I would do it on stage. Yeah. I said, even if there's five people watching, I'm mean, going to imagine it's five audience members. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I was done, it felt like there was a bit of adrenaline. Not like I was on stage or ever, but felt good. I felt a bit of a buzz. I could see people were enjoying it by the comments. And I, I really enjoyed it, actually. I really, really enjoyed it. I was surprised. Like, at the time, it was just like, ah, okay. At this time, like, I could have I done have it. To, I have to be honest, recently, I've become hesitant about doing comedy online because most of my comedy there are moments that are controversial as yeah yeah and being online that thing can go anywhere yeah yeah it's basically the way life was in 2019 in comedy it's really a cheat code because we were going to a room with only a selected amount of people Okay, not selected, this is an account, just a few people. And more often than not, there's no recording devices, okay, except for yeah. ours to record ourselves, and then we can get away with things. However, now in 2020, thing called cancel culture and Twitter is probably the most powerful it's ever been. Yeah, but ever. You know what the thing with me is... Um... Let's say something like Twitter. I think Facebook is more toxic than Twitter. Yeah. Huh? Interesting. Because on Twitter, if you come with any sort of bullshit, they'll call you out. On Facebook, there's so much bullshit that they won't. I think about it. On Facebook, um, people still racist shit. Um, it's just I've seen a lot of gender-based violence racism oh, oh, yeah, and it's just yeah. tolerated where on Twitter you would be cancelled <laughs> you know so oh yeah 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 I understand that I understand that that in the in the in a way we cancel culture becomes good and Facebook is basically just embracing it because as you were speaking, I remember moments where they are just being lazy because it's 2020 and that's what we do now on Facebook, checking the timeline and then these videos of, as you mentioned, gender-based violence, videos of racism. And although the caption may read, the post may read, let's stop this still sharing it that's kind yeah. of counterintuitive if that yeah. is the word i should use yes ah, tricky world we live in anyway let's get away from that quickly uh so before like any gigs i know these podcasts will sound like stories of the past because it basically is because that was happy times. Yeah. Comedy yeah. gigs, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you deal with 
anxiety. If you have any during the run, during a week run or whatever. The thing is, I'm in such a good place with my anxiety now that I struggle to think about how I actually operated and did comedy before. Like it seems weird that I used to visit. It's weird. I would be anxious. When I'm on stage, I'm fine. And when I'm off stage, I've got that anxiety again. But when I'm on stage, I'm just fine. I don't know how or what. Um, now I've learned like little breathing techniques and that sort of thing during lockdown to help, that's, yeah, help with anxiety. Um, and I'm really keen to see how I can use that when I get back onto stage eventually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've been using this lockdown the right way. You've been learning and self-improvement. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Things such as that. Yeah. So, have you really found that you spend more time on social media now than before? Yeah, because, yeah, I do, because I wasn't on social media before lockdown. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't on, I was just on WhatsApp. Was cool. uh, I was on WhatsApp and like Twitter once every couple of days. Yeah, so definitely more now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot. This is the guy that didn't know what Mario was doing. During the first week. Yes, I only came on, I got back onto um, Instagram because I got back onto Instagram because Mario kept on pestering me to be on Loft on Lockdown. <laughs> and then I only went back onto Facebook because I didn't know my Instagram password and I used my Facebook password. Ah. <laughs> I might as well stay on. And then um, I've still been on now. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, that's the evolution of key. Started the lockdown with no social media at all. And last week he was on Instagram, an Instagram live show. One of the biggest shows there are in the comedy landscape now. In yeah, Cape Town, definitely, definitely the most consistent, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I have no idea how Mario gets guests every single night. Because I didn't do the show in about two, three weeks. And even then, now I've seen it. Um, pulling in people from everywhere, from every continent on this planet. <coughs> it was pulling guests. That's another dab. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I think I'm getting corona. <laughs> COVID. Yeah, the beer, the beer. No, no, not COVID, the beer. The beer. Corona beer. Yeah, so do you have anything lined up for the next week or so? Or don't you really look too far ahead in the future? Yeah, look, it's um, barely. Uh, for me, I'm probably able to do comedy or something. It's still going to be locked down. Like, there's not really much for us. Open mic is especially like you look at past things and stuff. Mm -hmm. I have learned like we as open micers, we don't get taught a lot. Like we don't get taught. Oh, okay. 
And I'm not saying it's anybody else's job. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a bit more advanced. I'd like to help others. When do you start like a thing like a Facebook page? When do you move from a personal account to a comedy account? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When do you go for agencies? What do you look out for when you go for agency? Yeah. Acting with script. There's a lot of comedy. There's acting, there's script writing, there's creative writing courses that you must take. But we don't speak about these things in comedy. We don't. We don't encourage each other to take the creative writing. Think about creative writing. Creative writing can help you with your comedy when it comes to writing jokes, especially when you get stuck. It can help with script writing. It can help when you're writing for character. It helps even when you're doing roasts. It helps you to get punchlines quicker. Mm. Mm. It helps you to understand so much. You don't speak about these things like it's just you go on stage and you're funny or you're not. Don't realize that. They're all little things that can help us get better. Mm. It is kind of a double-edged sword because you can do it your own way or not you exactly, anybody really. is a DIY element to it. Yeah. And it's not proven that it will work and it's not proven that it won't work. It's yeah. basically it's up to e- any one of us, whichever method works best for us. And that's the thing, like, it's a learning process every day. Like, you can do exactly what Trevor Noah did and you won't make it. Or you can do the exact opposite that he did and you can still make it. So that's, that's exactly. where the thing comes in. Like, anything can work for anyone, I suppose. Exactly. And while we're on the topic, you mentioned that there's no real guidelines in comedy. Which yeah. guidelines would you like to have people know about that's new in comedy? Open micers or anybody? Um, number one is write. Write as much as you can. The thing is, writing is therapeutic. Whether you are, yeah, like writing is therapeutic. Whether it's going to see the stage or not, do it for yourself. Write about what you find funny. Uh, do creative writing classes so you can learn how to write. Um, take advice from senior comics that you look up to that you want to be like. Take advice from the comics that you even don't want to be like. The one-liners or the storytellers, the guys that are different to you because you can also learn from them. There's a lot to learn. Um, we just need to help each other and guide each other because comedy on its own is a difficult thing. And then I'd also just like to, like, that structures in process, like, you might not end up being the funniest comic, but through comedy, you could find with creative writing, you're going to write scripts for movies. Yeah. Um, you could get into acting through comedy. You could um, get into the radio. There's so much stuff that doors that comedy can open. But we don't realize that there are little things that we can do to improve ourselves. And that's what I've learned during lockdown. It, it doesn't have to only be two people writing scripts in Cape Town. Why must there only be two? Why do you want to keep it? You know, there's so much potential that we've got here. Yeah, that's a story for another day, I suppose. <laughs> I'll talk about uh, that. Story for another day, because this is a busy man. So we'll have to run through this. This episode will be a little shorter than most episodes. You mentioned that comedy is the greatest tool there is because I feel the same 
comedy can open so many doors. Because if you look at the entertainment industry, can have an can have an action movie lead. How many times is that action movie lead going to be cast in a comedy, or cast in a romantic comedy, or cast in a movie of any other genre? Yeah. As comedy, it's a bit like comedy prepares those in the industry for many things. As you mentioned, we can write scripts because we're writing already, and we know how to. Create a char- character, tweak the character, and just do fine tuning of the character to cater to every single audience we expose ourselves to. Because as you mentioned earlier, you don't write one set for every single room. Mm. And that's that. I I get you. And that's the powerful thing. I enjoy. Um... I enjoy stand-up comedy. I enjoy stand-up comedy because out of all the art forms, it's the most pure. It's just one person with a mic and his thoughts. That's yeah. all. That's what stand-up comedy is. It's nothing more. It's simple. It's not overcomplicated. Um, yeah. It's about committing as well. It's kind of about playing a role. Um, so there's Keith and then there's the person on stage just committing to that person that's staying on the stage and committing to those jokes, yeah, yeah, yeah. showing that level of commitment and that energy. And then thirdly, it's about writing because you've got to write every day the same way uh, a soccer player. Cristiano Ronaldo didn't become that good soccer player by not practicing every day. Bodybuilder didn't get the big muscles by not working out those muscles every day. And that's what you've got to do with comedy. You've got to write every day as well. Whether it gets out there or not, you've just got to do it. And I'm going to leave you guys with a message. Getting into comedy, who you are as a person should be different compared to who you are as a brand. As Keith mentioned earlier, that as people, we may have problems with others uh, in terms of models or just what we like and don't like. You shouldn't allow that to interfere with what they are doing. Yeah. Because the most successful guy, I guarantee you, in any field, there's something you're not going to like about him. The most successful woman as well. Although you have to respect what they do. You don't have to respect who they are. Just respect what they do. And use them as inspiration to do what you do. To keep doing what you do. Because comedy doesn't, there's no success overnight. That's mm. a long road. And even yeah. when success comes, your work isn't done. If anything, yeah. it only starts. And like, I, um, I fully agree with it. It's like I told you the last time. I still firmly believe, and I'll say it. Comedy, I, for me personally, I put people into two categories. There's people that purely love art form I'm not saying you're funny or whatever i'm just saying you purely yeah, love yeah, the art. Yeah. you could yeah. be the most boring person on the earth but i see you as a comic if you purely love the art form then there's yeah, people yeah. that have crowds and they are funny but they're ego driven and yeah, i'm yeah. not in my eyes i'm not saying they're not comics or stand-up comics but in yeah, my yeah. eyes they're in it for the wrong reason and i would rather work with that person that's not funny that loves comedy 
than for the person that's ego-driven. And there's a lot of ego-driven people in the industry. <laughs> Look, I think yeah. every comic, every comic, there's a bit of, as much as we don't admit it, there is a bit of narcissism because it's about me in a way. You're going up on stage and you're talking about you. Yeah, and I think I don't realize it, but it is kind of narcissism at the time. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like I say, uh, it's, but what I've learned is it's not my place to argue with people and say the wrong things, whatever. You do your thing and I'll do mine. That's how I'm, if I like something of yours, I'm going to tell you. Um, if I want to encourage you, I'm going to tell you. It doesn't mean that I'm, I say committed to you now. If I say Storm, I love your podcast. Mm. A week down the line, you put out a racist episode. Oh yeah, I yeah. Agree with you. Yeah. Because come say, but Keith, you liked my thing when I was like, yes, I Very liked true. that episode, Storm, and I liked your idea. It doesn't mean that I am the Storm thing or like part of it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like yeah. I can agree with you and like you. It doesn't mean that it's like Trevor Noah. Trevor made a joke about Jesus. Yeah. And Christian, yeah. it's offensive. And I can understand why Christians are upset. But at the same time, I like Trevor Noah, the comic. So I separated the two. It doesn't mean I'm going to stop listening to Trevor Noah because everything that Trevor, for example, says, it's like a soccer player. Like, Thierry um, Henry could be an Arsenal legend, but then you could be racist and now he's kneeling for Black Lives Matter and now you are <laughs> confused, you know? So you've got to draw people of people and... Um, just because you agree with him doesn't mean you're going to agree with everything. So I've learned that I'm trying to be supportive of the comics. Sometimes I'm being supportive by not speaking negatively about him and just shutting my mouth when I don't agree with him, which is odd. <laughs> <laughs> and since you reference Trevor Noah, that is your moment of zen, presented by Keith McCrum. And one more thing, it's not soccer. You're an Arsenal supporter. It's football, man. I grew up calling it soccer. You know, okay. considering we do have a stadium in the country that's called Soccer City, I guess I have no basis for that argument. So, soccer. Yeah. I must actually, um, I must tell you this, like you don't know. So, I used to play soccer, but back in the days, yeah. and I actually went to trials at your team, or was supposed to, but I didn't make it. Oh. So, they were having trials back in 2002, before the Bromovich era. And, um, oh. yeah. So, what happened was, I went for trials, and then I made it in the Western Cape, but not nationally. So, I could have been playing for Chelsea now, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you actually, made it through. Yeah. You know, made it through. There was, um, there was this guy, I must look, at, look up his name. He plays for the Stormers, or he played for the Stormers. It was a colored guy with a bald head. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, there's Bullock and Raddy. There's uh-uh. colored guy, bald head. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you, I'll WhatsApp you again. But yeah, that guy, he was actually part of the trials. I think he made it go there. Oh. Oh, okay. And then okay. I think that whole that whole deal sort of ended with a takeover when Abramovich took over the club and stuff. You know, the partnership mm-hmm. year and stuff mm-hmm. ended somehow. Or yeah. Oh wow! And on that sad story, <laughs> we'll leave you. 
Um, you could have been watching me beat Arsenal this weekend, and instead you've got the pleasure of having me on your podcast. Yeah, well, thank you. Exactly, to keep up with the theme. Actually, I intentionally chose not to become a soccer player and not make it. Okay, so this plan has been in the making for 20 years. Yeah, it was all for this moment. Well done. Well done. Well done. This is a pinky and the brain moment. (laughs) For more moments like these, follow Keith Mukram on Twitter and Instagram. Links will be in the description. Yep. And that would that yeah. I've changed it a bit. Facebook is just for making fun. <laughs> Instagram, I'm not on, and Twitter is a bit more serious now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Twitter and Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, actually. Links will yeah. be in the description. So, yeah. Keith, Mokram, thanks again for popping on the podcast. Pleasure, bro. So, from Keith and from me, you guys know how I sign off on videos. Without you, There's no need.